Hello everyone and welcome back to the 343 Football Podcast. I'm your host Jaffa and as always I'm joined by Daud. Hello. Ali. Hi. And Qudama. Hello. How's everyone doing? Is everyone alright? As good as can be. As good as can be. Perfect. Well, um, we'll kick things off with the trivia question for the week. So far in this 2021 season, Qudama and Ali are the winners. Daud yet to guess a question correctly. Let's see if he'll break the streak today. So, Lionel Messi made his debut for Barcelona as a substitute. Oh, who did who did he come on for? Oh, no, I don't know this one. Who did he come on for? Yeah, so who? Deco. That's correct. Deco. Yes, bitches. All right. That was my third guess. Man, Kid- kidney thought, strikes back. You didn't even take one guess. I know. <laughs> that was my third guess. Um, I thought it was going to be like uh, who assisted it or who did he score against? No, I like it. I like it. Who did he sub for? I know who assisted his first goal. It was Ronaldinho. Yeah, everyone knows that. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, well, then, Ali, that's the second week in a row, I think, that you got the answer when right. When it comes to European stuff, I'm okay on that. Yeah, I think that when I asked the uh, Reading-Portsmouth question, that was quite difficult. And I feel like I've overcorrected. Are these a bit too easy? Might go nah, difficult again I for the next week. We came on for just just bring, bring the easy ones. I'm, I'm good with that, It man. was against Elche, right? Nah, Elche, they weren't relevant back then, man. Yeah, they they came up quite late. I don't know why that's coming up in my head. But. Right. So... We'll, we'll get into a few topics this week, talk about a few different things, but I think there's only one place to start in terms of the Premier League action. Um, Romelu Lukaku has completed the big money move to, back to Chelsea. Uh, you know, he's back to where it all started in terms of England and uh, straight into the starting lineup. Predictably, Arsenal lost again, 2 0 to Chelsea. And, and last week we covered Arsenal in quite a lot of detail when we talked about the Arsenal Brentford game. So I want to talk about the Chelsea angle today. Um, how did Chelsea look to you, Kodama? What What was your overall impressions of their performance? Yeah, I thought Lukaku came in and made an immediate impact in how Chelsea got, uh, you know, got up the pitch in the final third. He was always available to, you know, control the ball, shield it, and you know his link-up play has improved massively uh, ever since he's left Manchester United. You know, he's always talked about how much he's loved his time under Conte, and I think you know credit uh, is due to Conte there because he just looks like a much better player now. Like. Pablo Mari probably had one of the worst days of his uh, career up against him. <laughs> but even, you know, like Lukaku's uh, impact aside, Chelsea, again, defensively looking really good. The midfield is uh, solid as can be. You know, Kante came on in the second half. He looked class. But even before that, I mean, Kovacic played the ball out wide to James for the first goal. They're, just lo- they're looking more complete by the week. And I think they're still talking about getting a couple more signings in. Like they've put a bid in for Saul from uh, Atletico Madrid and Koundé from Sevilla. So, yeah. I mean, uh, the sky's the limit for them if they get more uh, options in as well. Depth, you know, I, I'm starting to think Ali's shout for them winning the league is a, is a smart one. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the way Lukaku fitted in like a glove straight into that and his his style of play looks like it's going to shape the way Chelsea tag going forward. But... I read, I read a few comments over the weekend saying that Chelsea have the most complete squad in the Premier League. Would you agree with that assessment, Ali? And obviously, like Kodema said, they're not quite finished with their transfer activity. It might be a couple of uh, incomings and a couple of outgoings. But just based on the squad that they've built in that starting eleven and who they have as options off the bench, are they the most complete squad in the league? Well, they're up there with Manchester City, we know that. Um, I think if those signings come in, which Kodama did mention, uh, they will be the most dominant team in England with the starting 11 and the actual squad. Uh, bear in mind, Chelsea have a lot of players on loan and they're quality players and if they need them, they can bring them back as well. So 
in that basis, yeah, for sure. Mm. You know, Liverpool starting eleven is good, but the squad is not as good as Chelsea's. I'd probably say the same with Manchester United. Well, I mean, well, in terms of the game itself, obviously Chelsea lined up in a back five system, Arsenal in a back four system. Lukaku dropping deep, using his strength to sort of initiate the play. Dowd, do you feel like Arsenal's setup was wrong? Like, should they have matched them? Should they have gone with a back five as well? Or are we just talking about individual players being totally dominated by Lukaku in that performance? Yeah, I mean, dominated is... Uh, <clears throat> well, Pablo Mari, uh, he's more than dominated. He was made look like an absolute... I'm not going to say the word, but you know what I'm uh, thinking. Um, uh, Lukaku was... Uh, you know, when you have those matches where... Um, uh, this is, might be a bit of a contentious one, but you know, like the reserves playing the national team, uh, and uh, you, you can tell that the difference is, is night and day. And with Lukaku, like you said, uh, Kadama, he has learned a lot of things in Italy, and he's shown what he's learned by, you know, absolutely tearing their defence. I was surprised more that he didn't get more goals or he didn't be less selfish um, because he was trying to play his other teammates in a few times where I felt like if he was in the groove of things, he could have got a bit, a few more goals. In terms of the setup for Arsenal, I don't know what it is, but I, I just, I don't agree with any of the setups that Arsenal have so done. So what would you have changed in terms what? of giving him a better chance to get a result uh, on Sunday? I can see why he did a back four because naturally you're playing at home. You want to have an attacking it's 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 for you it's it's for you to go out there and actually attack the team it's for you to to set set the the pace of the game so i wouldn't have changed that i think it's knowing the dressing room uh, that's why uh, that's where i'm coming from actually if i went in the dressing room and saw actually are these players very confident to actually go out on the pitch now and perform and give these guys a good good hiding or even give them a, a competitive game mm. it would be different if i thought actually you know what they you know this team look like their morale is quite low yeah let's let's play defensively let's get a 1-0 counter attack uh, uh you know smash and grab win um and in this case i felt like he wasn't going for that i felt like he was yeah. just going for the standard oteta um you know uh, slightly ticky tacky slightly constant pressure Mm-hmm. See, for me, I think that when you talk about a back five, it, it, in sort of the traditional sense of it, like a few years ago, it used to always be smaller team going to win a, a big ground away to a big team. Let's just pack the defence, pack the midfield and try and concede as few as we can. But now... It's like a transitional yeah, and back I, five. I think it was Conte himself with Chelsea, I think, when they won the league. That it was he, against Arsenal where he yeah, changed the formation. Exactly. And, and that was the first time sort of a title contending team started with, uh, going... Uh, sorry, a title winning team even. Went with uh, five at the back, if I'm not mistaken, for like the majority of the season. Usually it was uh, always a standard back four. But why I think Arsenal should have, should have matched them up. So a couple of the goals that... Uh, well, not, not the, the first... Was it the first goal or the second goal? No, it was the second goal when Reese James got free on the right. Yeah. Well, how is Kieran Tierney drawn so far into the pitch? Like, you're the fullback and it's a back four. You like if you go infield, what else do you think is going to happen? There's going to be an overlapping wing back to take care of the space, and like uh, Reese James couldn't have asked for more real estate uh, if he was in a new property development. Man. Like, <laughs> I just for a new green green belt. To yeah, man. I just I, I didn't understand that. Like, yeah, you can say there's always mitigation with Arsenal where you know you've got Obama Yang still not really fully recovered. I know he came off the bench. Like, is that still missing? Also, Tini is a player. He's a very attacking-minded player. Yeah. He would want out of all the uh, the back 
four, you'd want Tierney to go up because he, he's got the most product. Well, yeah. that's the thing, isn't it? I think yeah. Tierney was a little frustrated with how the game was going. I mean, Arsenal weren't creating anything and didn't but really until the second half when they had a couple chances. Yeah. I get that, but do you think uh, Arteta changed the system up with Ben White being out as well because of COVID? Do, do, do you think yeah, that because yeah. he didn't trust yeah. anyone I was just about position? to mention Ben White. Yeah, yeah I think people have been drawn too many conclusions about Arsenal from the first two games. I mean... People do this every year where the season comes back and everyone's excited for the football to be back again. And then we just try to extrapolate, you know, oh, West Ham are probably going to finish Champions League or Man City's going to walk the league again. I think if you look at the context again around this game, squad ravaged with COVID, Chelsea's just a better team player for player. Tuchel's a better manager than... All that I agree with, but also recently you've had the better with Chelsea. With they have. Run, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You make a good Which point, but a, yeah. that was under Lampard, wasn't it? No, no, the first time. He'll also be two, two yeah, goals. Well, that yeah. was like at the beginning of his reign now. It took us had more time. I, f- I just no, feel yeah, like. I, I get that. I just feel like Chelsea are on the day, that, not even just on the day. They're the better team, better manager, and Arsenal were always going to struggle. I think we need to accept reality that despite the money Arsenal have spent, their squad isn't that much better than it was last season. Tactically, I don't think they could have done enough to stop. Uh, uh, Chelsea getting the win on the day, especially with the way Lukaku was playing. I think Lukaku as well coming into his first game, he he still got a bit of a chip on his shoulder against you know his critics in the Premier League, and he just saw this as like I'm coming back into a big game like a, a derby straight away, and he like you know had that extra motivation because he was yeah. making off the ball runs, you know linking up which like I've never we, really we not which seen he that does, much. He does, yeah. but he just he looked really hungry on the day. Yeah, I think yeah. that goal, with that kind of mentality, that goal I've seen like ten times right now the way. The way yeah. the ball whipped in and Lukaku was just there, just because. Yeah. Of well, yeah, I mean, it circulated around social media where they did the side-by-side comparison of one of Lukaku's inter goals and no, that Chelsea goal. I, it was ex- almost the exact same movement. I never saw that, but like I just remember, yeah. yeah, when I saw Lukaku in that position, I was like, that's a goal straight away. Yeah, it's interesting I, that you say that Ali about Ben White though. Do you, do you feel like that one signing that they've made is the difference that? No, no, it's not, no, no, I'm not, I'm not saying it's the difference. I'm just saying you change the system because of that reason. Yeah, because he could have put a back five in with, the, yeah, with, with Ben, ben White. White. It could yeah. be a little bit more stable. But I don't think it'll change the result because yeah. Mario's going to turn inside out. Yeah, so. but then on on Kadama's point, you were saying because they were ravaged by well, the Lacazette and so, White and Aubameyang. So no, Aubameyang, uh, Aubameyang came had on. COVID, but he like he just come back. He also had malaria. Like he has, like he's had, he's had a tough time. So. Those yeah. are the three players that could have changed it. I mean, like I said, I think at the end of the day, if you play that fixture 100 times, you know, 90 times Chelsea's winning, in my opinion, just because, you know, luck is a factor in football, but, you know, you make your own luck at the same t- at the same time. And Chelsea are just the better team. I don't want to, like, reduce an entire an- analysis of the game down to that. You know, there is merit to say that... Uh, they should have played a back five, matched them because, you know, ultimately they had so much space on the flanks to create uh, trouble. First goal where the ball was played out wide and James cut it back in. But the entire time, you know, he was cutting in from the right and they just had, you know, so much real estate, yeah. like Jeff said, on the wings. Yeah. Uh, apparently, people are saying now that Arteta has five games, make or break his, uh, you know, his career at Arsenal. I think Chelsea and Man City shouldn't really count towards that. I mean, people are expecting too much from Arsenal. I'm sorry, those are not games you should be expected yeah. to win. Possibly. I mean, one one aspect of the game I want to talk about as well. So, Chelsea kept a clean sheet and the, they've come for a lot of defensive plaudits under Tuchel. But I don't know how, how it felt like watching the game to you guys. But I, I, I thought there was quite a few weaknesses shown in that Chelsea defence. Like, Arsenal didn't, you know, fully utilise them or take advantage, of course. Because 
their attacking options weren't really very lethal. But if if that was a Chelsea performance, for example, against a, a more potent side, like if, if Harry Kane was playing Tottenham or they were playing against Man City, I think they were there to be gone at, to be honest. I didn't think they had total control defensively. I don't know if anyone no, else I agree. That way. I agree. I think Thomas Tuchel came out after the game and said it himself that it was a good performance by Chelsea, but it just lacked sharpness. Mm. And I think you could, you know, fairly uh, critique it that way. Like there weren't any major red flags that I saw that if yeah nothing major that, yeah it was I just wasn't as polished as the clean sheet suggested I didn't think no I think there was that one moment where Christensen tried to play Aubameyang offside and he kind of miscalculated it and if it wasn't for Mendy being off his line uh, it probably would have led to a was goal was it Christensen or was it Silva no it was Christensen no, Silva was yeah, on the bench that, pretty much because he was yeah. really um, like relaxed about that and Mendy like was, came into the rescue didn't he and yeah. just kicked it away and I thought yeah like uh, you you're right. That was a like, schoolboy error. Yeah, yeah and I also think, you know, Chelsea didn't give them enough troubles in midfield. I don't think that team, uh, that midfield that Chelsea have against a team that can hold possession better than them, you know, a team like Liverpool or a team like uh, Man City. I know they beat them in the Champions League final, yeah. but uh, and they beat them in the league, Liverpool in the league last season as well, but they're not unbeatable. They're not like a team that you would say... You know, everyone's yeah. afraid of them at the minute. No, of course. And talking about one player specifically, I just want to mention him. He he wasn't like remarkable in the game. He played a part in the second goal. But um, Ali, are Chelsea utilizing the best of Kai Havertz at the moment? Because I saw yesterday on Monday Night Football, they asked uh, Carragher and Neville to sort of you know do their picks for the season, the champions, the top four. And one of the things they asked them to make was like, who do you think is going to have like a really good season, sort of? And and Neville went for Havertz, but. Obviously, he scored the winning goal in the Champions League final, so he had a crowning moment last season. But is it, is it just me or Chelsea not really getting the best out of him, uh, you know, since he came in? Well, the issue with Chelsea, they have too many attacking options. So you, you've got Lukaku, you've got Werner, you've got Ziyech, you've got Pulisic, and then... Hudson-Odoi. Hudson-Odoi and Havertz, and then yeah. at the time you had Tammy as well. So yeah. what, seven options. So it's just finding the right system, and there's no doubt he's going to be good. Havertz will be a good player, it's just got to come with experience. Oh, like, Mason Mount as well. That's the, the, yeah. Eight, you, you know what I mean? There's so many players you could fit into that system. I know there's going to be plenty of games to play around, but... Um, Is there a, like, a vibe you get from Kai Havertz when you watch him that he's just not putting in 100% in the games he's playing? He always looks like he... I don't want to say like, oh, he looks lazy, like, you know, that you know, boomer pundits would say about Ozil back in the day. But I genuinely just feel like when I watch him, he doesn't take risks like I feel like oh, he could try take that man on or try find a killer pass but he but, plays but safe but that a lot. comes with experience as well you yeah. need to remember that and he's not as physical you know you look at Ozil he could be pushed he could be pushed around easily similar situation with Havertz now, there's know, definitely, technically good there's definitely something there though that he does seem like he seems like like a type of player the way he plays the way he looks the way he's he's an, uh, analysing the the game in a sense looking around he seems very lazy I on the like surface of it, but yeah. I don't think uh, stats say that he is, and obviously his end product is, isn't showing that either. And the, obviously the managers. No, by holding by holding back, I don't mean in like in terms of his effort, like that he's putting it on the pitch. I don't think that he's not trying hundred percent. I mean, like in what he can provide for the attack, like what he can. Oh, he can give do Chelsea. more. He can do more. I feel like he's one of those players. Like he's a bit of a tease, man. Like. I feel like when it's like when Deli Ali <laughs> used to play really well, and now every time you see him, it's he's not, great on the team sheet, but he's not doing what he did. So it's wait, like so he's, he's playing hard to get, right? basically. Is that what it is? You know when he was having that like uh, amazing season at Leverkusen? Like I didn't watch many ninety minutes, if any, if I can remember from that season. But when you watch the highlights, he looked like he was always direct. Like he used to try advance the ball. 
he does that at Chelsea, but I feel like a lot of times, like you, exp- like when you know, play- some players get on the ball and you just expect direct running or something direct to happen towards the opposition's goal. I feel like has uh, Havertz opts to like play it safe, recycle possession a bit more for a player in that position and mm. that technical ability does, mm. like you'd expect him to just try find a killer ball or try take on a player then you know progress a few yards. I just feel like he doesn't do that enough. Yeah, it might right? be something more Tuchel is trying to do. Maybe, yeah, maybe he's following I'm instructions, just to be fair. circle back to what Qadem said before about uh, Boomer Pundits. I feel like soon as this thing will just at me next time, you know? <laughs> <laughs> nah, but do you remember when, like, Ozil was, like, having his first few issues at Arsenal and everyone's like, oh, his body language, it, he's lazy, he doesn't try. Like, for uh, me, there are certain players who will have, like, that sort of body language where they're, they're playing very languid, casual. But it's not necessarily lazy. Like, Dimitar Berbatov is probably the best example I can think of. Oh, yeah, like that. Like... And Everybody Turi. used to say, "What is this guy like? Just jogging?" And no, but Yaya Turi used to go on enough explosive runs that you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah. he is playing." Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Yaya Turi, I suppose Yaya Turi. Don't give the hit to Yaya, man. No, 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 no. I know, I, I'm not giving a hit. He's one of my favorite players, but I, a lot of people used to say that, especially when the no, games I, they I, lost. Yeah, but I think the contrast between Havertz at Leverkusen and Chelsea is that at Leverkusen. He was the player to get on the end of the chances that the team was creating. So, in a sense, the system was perfect for him. But if you watch him at Chelsea, and this is before Lukaku even arrived, you always feel like Havertz is behind the defensive line. They never play him through. He's always trying to do a bit of link-up before that defensive line is breached and it's for the benefit of other players like it was, for example, Giroud, Werner and other runners-on like the full, the wing-backs. Um, I, I don't know. I just may, Maybe I've got the wrong reading of Havertz, the player, but I definitely feel like I was expecting him to have more shots, more goal involvement. More, yeah, that, more that, in the box I impact. I feel like he has it in him though. Look at it, like his Champions League final performance was probably one of the very few in a Chelsea shirt where I thought like this guy actually knows how to make the right runs. He knows when to stop, when to go. I just feel like with Chelsea, from, right? When he gets the ball, goal. I'm saying like yeah. when he gets the ball, I'm like kind of not on the edge of my seat as I would be if, if it was a Newcastle attack. But I'm like, all right, what's he going to do now? And then he'll end up recycling possession. I mean, I could be talking out of my ass. I haven't really checked, you know, progressive ball stats, you know, like how many, you know, uh, key chances he's creating or like through balls he's trying. But I just feel like he has the technical ability to play those kind of passes and he opts not to. And, you know, maybe Dowd is right. Maybe he's following instruction from Tuchel to keep it simple. But I just want to see him have a bit of a free role for once. Yeah, I mean, 100% agreed. So, like, we're not debating him saying that he's a bad player, but I feel like we just want to see more from him. So he'll be an interesting player to keep an eye out over the next few weeks and see how he performs. Um, so, you know, that's quite a good discussion for the Arsenal-Chelsea match. Uh, we'll, we'll wrap that up there. Uh, next, I just want to sort of get into a bit of the European action because obviously uh, the other leagues have now started. It's not just the Premier League. Uh, you know, we'll go to Italy and um, uh, Tammy Abraham, you mentioned him as one of Chelsea's options from last season. Obviously, he's now the Roma club record signing. Um, I, I want to ask you about him because he obviously had a great debut, two assists and Roma won the game and, you know, that's Mourinho's first game in charge. Started off with a win. But Ali, like, are you thinking that Tammy Abraham, was he was it too much the price paid? Is that the English tax there? Or is he quality and he'll show us quality in Serie A? 34 million these days. It, it, it's a bit of a bargain. Even though it's, he's going to Serie A, but there's, there's a buyback clause as well. Mm. So if he turns into the star, which he becomes, which like a similar thing with Lukaku, you know, Chelsea can bring him back for like, what was it, 68 million pounds? Um, he, 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 he needs a bit of love. Jaws is going to give him that. Uh, let's, let's be uh, honest. Right. I agree. He no, was no, he does. Cast, he does. Yeah, he no, no, like, I'm just like, uh, like, okay, you know, he was outcast to Chelsea, wasn't he? Tuchel yeah, he came was. in and he was benched straight away, and he was expecting Tuchel more minutes. that as well. So do you reckon him and Jose will like? Because Jose sometimes does pick certain players where he just Jose has his favorites. Yeah, he does. Oh, like, definitely. Like, 
like the issue with Mkhitaryan, he wasn't his favourite at Manchester United, but then he came out and said, what, stay, what, what stays in Manchester, like, it just stays there. Yeah. But what do you call it? He's, even Mkhitaryan had a great game under Jose. And whilst watching that game, Roma looked very good, very sharp. I haven't seen him. In, I got since... Is it Spalletti? Spalletti was in charge Michelle of... Spalletti? Yeah. yeah, when they were still in the Champions League. So. Yeah. That's yeah. the last time like I remember Roma being good with Salah, yeah, Alisson, like and Totti was there. Too well, early to say because Mickey was really good at Man United initially as well. I think it's early days. Mkhitaryan's had already a season at Roma. Early, what are you on about? Early honeymoon period. No, under uh, Jose. Under, under Jose. Jose. Yeah. Look, he already had jo- a season under us as well. Look, Jose. No, no, Jose mm. brought Mkhitaryan in. No. To sort of circle back to Roma themselves as a club. So obviously, um, I'm not as convinced that uh, Tammy will. Gonna be a, a, a huge star as you are. Maybe like I think he'll well, do well. I don't well. think he's gonna be a huge star, but he'll do well. He'll do all right. Yeah. But can he really become that player where clubs in England are like, oh, okay, he went for thirty-four million. Now we have to sign him for sixty, seventy. Like I don't think his. I don't know them. What, what you think of that? But I just don't feel like he'll ever be a sixty, seventy million type striker. Really. Uh, I disagree. I think the market uh, inflation is. It's just happening all the time. What is 60 million these days? I honestly don't even, I can't even tell you, man. Like an English striker who has got a uh, proven track record in the Premier League, he's only going to gain more experience. A lot of teams will look at that in a few years down the line and think 60 odd millions worth the punt. How old is he? 22 years old? I mean, if Danny Ings, if Danny Ings injury prone and his age is going for 30 million, who's to say Tammy Abraham won't go for 60 million down the line? I I just think the types of uh, teams that would sign Tammy wouldn't have the money to spend 60 mil on, on a player like him. Yeah, even if he did really well. I think like an Everton would want him, for example. Yeah, and a, they don't, they're don't. Yeah. they just not like 60 million pound spenders. You never know how, how he develops in Italy. Um, but I did want to go back to the Roma game, Ali. You watched it. So I wanted to ask, um, how did Zaniolo play? I thought he was on the team well, sheet. He, got good. <laughs> he did get sent off. I saw that, but like... <laughs> Daniolo. Two ACLs, two ACLs early Look, in his career. Like yeah. one of the well, most hyped yeah. Italian yeah, he, talents. He, he was hyped up and... He actually came from Fiorentina. They re- yeah. released him. So he, he kind of had a bit, bit of a chip on his shoulder, if I'm honest with you. And, he, like, he, need, he needs game time. Because yeah. like he has something there in him. And, like I say, Jose Mourinho, he's a, he's, he's a manager which plays on, like, he has his favourites. And you, you, you can clearly see, you know, he's brought Tammy in. Obviously, he has to use him. Roma Ball are not going to be happy if that's the case. Uh, Zaniolo, quality player. Give him time, he's going to do well under Jose Mourinho. It just depends how long that's going to happen. Because yeah. Jose Mourinho isn't the manager he was 10 years ago. He's not at Real Madrid. He's he's not at Chelsea. He doesn't have the money he's spent. He can't be a baby. He's just got to, you know, live with what he's got. Speaking of Jose Mourinho, I wanted to ask you guys, like, you know, he's been, you know, his stock's fallen considerably. Each club he's been, in, uh, been at, um, you know, for the last few years. Do you think, I saw... I saw over the weekend that he was uh, talking to one of the interviewers about during the before the Roma game or after the Roma game, where he said, "You know what? Like the questions I'm asked here are so different to the questions I'm asked by the press in England. Like here, it's more tactical." <laughs> Just do you think, like, do you see him having uh, an upturn in terms of like his reputation at Roma, like being out well, of a high pressure job? Like Manchester United was kind of high pressure. He went to Tottenham. It was a bit pressure wasn't as high, but the press in the you know the toxicity around the club was even high as well yeah. well i mean like the, going the, back the to cameras in his office struggling i think one thing about Mourinho now is that he's not getting the top job in the country he's managing anymore so like now he's just gone from managing tottenham to managing roma and before you could even say that when he was managing man united yes 
uh, stature wise they're one of the biggest in the in the country but in the world. they weren't the strongest <clears throat> team in the league uh, so for me, there's already a, a reputation thing that's uh, diminished with him because, you know, the, the best clubs in the world aren't after, after him to be their manager. Now, in terms of Roma specifically, yes, they're not the biggest club in, uh, in Italy, but they have spent the most in Italy this summer. They're the biggest spenders. They're the fifth most uh, fifth spenders in Europe itself. They've brought in some decent talent. Obviously, Ruben Patricio came in from Wolves. Uh, Zaniolo's there. Lorenzo Pellegrini, Mkhitaryan, and Abraham. That's a decent front four. And there's a there's a nice player for them called I don't know if any, anyone's heard of him Eldo Shomorodov. Uh, uh, no. He came on and assisted the the third goal for for Roma over the no, weekend. He's uh, he's a highly touted talent. So um, you know they, they've got the pieces there and they've definitely invested for him. And I think that Roma, if they fail to qualify for the Champions League this season, that's a failure of a season. Oh, yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with that. That's because right. because they've got the Europa Conference League, which is a distraction. But the the level of opponents that you get there means you can use your depth. Like, you don't have to play your strongest te- uh, team in the Conference League all the time. I would expect them and Tottenham to be in the final, which I would absolutely love. Mourinho against Tottenham in the final. But yeah, I think, to answer your question, you know, Mourinho's got a massive point to prove. Like, he, he's he's taken too many hits in the last couple of jobs that he's had, and he hasn't won anything of note. Obviously, he didn't even get a chance to try and do that with Tottenham because they sacked him before a final. What does that tell you? You've got a final coming up as Tottenham, and you're always mocked for not winning trophies, and you decide to get rid of him before that final, you know? Yeah, but that was seen that. as an error on Tottenham's part. I don't think anyone looked at that and thought they were justified. Yeah, but him. I'm saying that that's their mentality. Like, you, you haven't got Mourinho thinking, oh, my days were so lucky to have Mourinho. You've got Mourinho thinking, he's a liability for the club. We're going to get rid of him. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'd like to see it. That league always, you know, Italy broke, uh, Inter broke Juve's record. It's a great league historically, you know. I'd love to see more What happened Ronaldo the weekend was absolutely hilarious though yeah taking I his shirt off he's yeah. such a showman isn't he like even in an offside goal he'll... it's just great though it's yeah. great when you watch it you're like oh shit what just happened that was just before the Roma game <laughs> yeah. so you know you got to watch Ronaldo for 3-4 minutes then you got to see the Jose drama yeah, yeah. Well, well we'll move to Spain next um, obviously La Liga as as an attractive league with Messi and Ronaldo in it for all those years now neither of the players are playing in that league uh, Kudem, I know that you watched the Levante Real Madrid match. It ended in a three-three draw, an absolute classic. But most of the 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 matches in that um, there's a lot. Of, there's been a lot of nil-nils so far in, in La Liga, and people are sort of th- saying. And um, Pellegrini came out and said, you know, this league is quite annoying because the ball is barely ever in play. So like, it's it, of the top five leagues in Europe, it's probably the one with the uh, statistically the ball's least in play in. So you know, we'll, we'll talk about La Liga as a league itself. But w- what did you think of the match? Like, uh, where where are Real Madrid at the moment? Well, there was a. It was a, you know, to use an old cliche, it was a game of two halves. Um, first half was a Carlo Ancelotti masterclass where players that have struggled in Real Madrid of, rec- of recent times, Bale, Asensio, and like, uh, and those kind of players had an absolutely amazing half. Like they were, uh, Isco, sorry, not Asensio. They were running the show, Real Madrid cruise control, you know, 1-0 up, you know, could have had way more, but that goal didn't come. And then you started like, hearing the commentators say like is it going to be one of those games where you're going to ruin your chances and then 28 seconds into the second half they equalize a few minutes later they take the lead uh, Levante who are known as like giant club killers at home you know Barcelona and Real Madrid have always seemed to struggle against them in the league and then you know uh, Vinicius comes on I think there was a funny clip you know on um, you know that Spanish uh, show that always brings like the pitch side action where they translate it and stuff Uh, El Dia Después yeah Yeah. there was uh, a funny clip of uh, where a moment where Real Madrid couldn't, didn't press Levante, I think, and Hazard and Isco 
just got absolutely berated by Ancelotti. He blew his like, lid and just said, uh, Vinicius and Rodrigo on. And they changed the game, to be fair to them. As soon as they com- came on, there was more direct running. You know, 2-2. And then straight away, they concede again. David Alaba assisting accidentally where Levante had a free <laughs> kick. It was just an absolutely bonkers game. And then to top it off, um, you had the old classic outfield player going in net when Levante's keeper got sent off. It was just the best game of the, of the weekend for me, really. Uh, but Real Madrid had... They looked good in the first half, but there was definitely some serious troubles for them. Yeah, I, I, mean, I don't think they'll be the favourites for the title. And I don't see them going very far in the Champions League again this season with Ancelotti, to be honest yeah, with I you. Yeah, I mean, one of the things that's interesting about Real Madrid, Ali, is... So last season, Vinicius Jr. had a performance so bad that his own teammate said, on my, on my mother's life, he's playing against us, Karim Benzema. Now, his two goals at the weekend were absolutely superb. Perfect composure for the first one and like a great finish for the second one in off the post. Um, are we seeing a player that you know could develop into a reliable scorer, a reliable performer for Real Madrid, or will his weaknesses always be there to haunt him? Um, can he haunt that player? Yeah, he can. That's depending on the coach and also whether he's going to have those teammates that give him that confidence as well. Because, mm. let's be honest, I'm... It's, it's common sense, you know, in, in anything, right? If it's work, football, basketball, whatever, like you, you've got to have a good system, you have to have a good team to make make things work and certain people are accelerating that. But him as an individual, individual is what I'm, yeah. It can happen. It can happen. Anytime I watched him, I, when I watched him in the Champions League against Liverpool, he did us dirty, man. That's it. Oh, I'm a big fan of... You know, he's I'm a, a good player. It, it just depends on if he's really going to turn him up. No, I think you he's, will, he's Brazilian. He look, look, I, I don't want to say a typical stereotype, but yeah. when when Brazilians come to La Liga, it seems like the, the, they like to party a bit too much. I don't know if that's if that's any. I don't think there's been any. No, no, I don't know if it yeah. is or not, but it could be. It might not be released out. I don't know. Mm. I think we had a, uh, one of the episodes like uh, towards the end of last season. I think for me, La Liga is definitely the most league I watch outside of the Premier League, and I watched quite a bit of Real Madrid and Barcelona. Uh, last season and I, I backed Vinicius last season I said he's having troubles but this guy like his technical ability it's world class man like, where did he come from did he come from Flamengo or pa- Palmeiras no it was Flamengo Flamengo, Flamengo yeah okay. he was signed for such a high fee as a teenager back before like he, those kind of fees yeah, were like 45 million uh, as a 16 year old I mean those like kind of fees are normal insane. in football now but back then it got a lot of hype kind of like when they signed Odegaard as well when he was 16 the guy's technical ability is second to none man I'm telling you on his day like this guy like I, I, I'm a big fan I'll, I'll back him to be to come world class definitely and lead the line for Real Madrid for, yeah. for years to come like I think they were right and it, Rodrigo as well he whipped in a really good ball for the second uh, I think it was for their second goal but um, it's funny how you mentioned Brazilians point and stuff but recently Vinicius himself came out saying like he's deployed the help of a uh, employed the help of a sports psychologist See, to help I, him I didn't know that yeah so no. I think he's got his head on the right like uh, yeah you know, Okay, if, 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 if he's going down well. that way, then yeah, fair enough. You know, if he's brought someone in to help him and he's doing what he can, then what what can you do? At least he's doing his best. The, the only issue I see for him is next year when the inevitable Mbappe transfer happens, or this season, whatever. Like, what's that going to do for him? That might ha- Ooh, like, push ha- him out. Start yeah, push him out straight away. I don't understand why Mbappe wants to go uh, Madrid or like. like there's nothing there for Do you know what now. I think about Mbappe? I just don't get that. Is uh, just a very quick point on this one. I genuinely think that. He wants to make his name uh, as, as the star man and like uh, a platform like Real Madrid is perfect for him. So, for example, now with PSG, he's got as much help and comfort as he needs. They're the strongest team in the league. Uh, he's already got Neymar and all this world-class talent around him. And then they decided to add Messi. 
he can stay win win league on, and even win the Champions League and play like a starring role. But I just think that all of those players he's around have written their own stories, they've developed their own sort of legacies, and he, he's obviously scored in the World Cup final. So I'm not I'm I'm doing yeah. him a bit of a disservice to say that he's not done that for himself yet. But I just think he wants to have like a Ronaldo type arc where he's the main man. The shirt sales are all Mbappe. Mbappe's the name in the stands. So that's screaming. what Neymar wanted when he left Barcelona. Yeah, I, I just I think he's got that. So he's probably got that desire. And just I think what a bomb. There's there's not much motivation for him to be at PSG Is apart from winning the Champions League. He's come out said that. No, no, I, that's just the feeling that I get. You know, I could be uh, way off. Like I, even it's not like hard to see that. Any though. inclination of that though? And he's mentioned in previous interviews how he's like the French league isn't the strongest league in the world and his admiration for Real Madrid as a kid like it's just it's one of those like open secrets in football right? like Mbappe is going to Real Madrid yeah, you know, we've all accepted will, it he will go to Real Madrid yeah. are you sure that's not taken out of context like you know I've seen this before where I mean le- I can't really call le- him and ask le- him but yeah, no, Mbappe tell us no, about plenty Mbaps. of players you know when they have interviews or you know I've always watched uh, Manchester United or Manchester City or Chelsea growing up it's one of my dreams to play for them, or I love watching Real Madrid. Do you know what I mean? Like, it gets to a no, stage you where you can't like set it in stone just because he said that. But yeah, like, but taking that blurb out and then not realizing together, that he's, they're just talking about when general, you, like growing up. When you add it all together, what he said about the league, what he said about La Liga itself, Real Madrid, you know. Look, it's just more or less. He had posters of Ronaldo growing up. What like even though you said, oh yeah, you I had a poster of Hugo uh, uh, Viana uh, who used to play for uh, Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah, yeah. Does that mean I for, uh, Why did you have a poster yeah, of Hugo Viana in? It was signed from him. Okay, he's a cool guy. Manchester United fan having. And I had, I had a portrait, a framed portrait of Alan Shearer signed in my top draw as well. You still have it. What do you have in your bottom draw? Log on eBay, man. No, no. What do you have in your bottom draw then? Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You should sell it on eBay before Kane takes over the top goal scorer in the Premier League. Oh, Ian Just a final point about uh, Real Madrid, uh, Dowd. I want to ask you. So, about the manager himself. So, Carlo Ancelotti was at Everton, where, again, similar to sort of Rafa Benitez and similar to Mourinho, these, these managers that were managing the top clubs in the country are now going for lesser jobs. So, for Real Madrid to ask him for him back, is that just like a sort of a goose hitting Chelsea thing where oh we know that we've had you successful in the past let me just get you in again with Zidane leaving like is is he really as good as he once was like will, will Real Madrid thrive under him? It's a good question I feel like there's not enough substance in what we've seen so far yeah no, not necessarily what we've seen so far but he's got a record at the club itself he's got a track record he won uh, is it La Decima or La Undecima that he won I'm La Decima sure. La Decima yeah. so he was uh, the, the winner of La Decima I um, feel like it was more of a like a you know a desperate Desperation to hold on to a, a big, uh, a big, big coach, yeah, um, and it wasn't. Mo- it was like, what's on the market? He's the best thing. He he's dying for uh, for a, a better project. This is a great project for him. He knows the club. We know him. We kind of know he's going to be all right. Yeah. You know the vibe. It's like I- going back to X, basically. No, the vibe. Yeah, I get it's from like going Real back Madrid to X. Yeah. The vibe I get from Real Madrid at the minute, right, is I think Perez is playing the long game. I think with COVID happening. Well, COVID he's and looking- the new stadium. Exactly. So he's looking at. They've just. Re, well, it's not a new stadium. It's a renovation of the Bernabeu, which has cost them loads. Yeah, the sentiment. Still Apparently, remains. it's costing way more than they initially thought as well. Exactly. Which they didn't so need the, to do. And then COVID hits, so they're cash strapped already. The stadium renovation, COVID hits, gate receipts, you know, zero. But I think he's looking over at Barcelona and he's like, if, if we're doing bad there, you know, what does that say about uh, them? So I think he's just kind of like, they haven't made any major signings this season, all right? They haven't signed anyone no, as far as they've I know. let Odegaard go 
and the, you know Ramos Varane's, wages, gone. Varane's gone I feel like he's just biding his time he sees that the league is weak so he doesn't have to like invest too much to stay you know up with, you know stay but with I the don't, but I don't see so him doing anything he's, summer, ta- right? he's taking it easy as it could no, no, get he's, with he's a big taking, club he's taking a calculated risk he's saying I don't need to spend Fair that enough. much to stay like in the running with Barcelona and Atletico Atletico if they win it whatever Barcelona like is their main concern yeah. I think next summer he's going to go all out and actually go for Haaland and Mbappe. Do you know what I think as well? Oh. I think you've hit the nail on the head because I feel like the fan mood of the Real Madrid fans is if Barcelona was on the top of their game and dominating the league and, and looking to threaten the Champions League, the Real Madrid fans were like, what the hell are we doing, man? We're just standing still. We're losing <laughs> our star players. But given the shambles that's going on at Barca, Real Madrid can be looking like, yeah, okay, we'll, we'll do it next year. We'll get some more Galacticos in. So maybe there is a patience thing going on there. No, I think Perez as well, like he's cashing in his like goodwill with the fans as well. Like, I mean... Yeah. Uh, under his second reign at Real Madrid, they've been, I think, probably their most successful period ever in terms of European. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think three in a row, winning the one before that. Bless him. The poorest loser in all of this is James Rodriguez. Uh, Ancelotti went out to buy some cigarettes and never came back to. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's in Merseyside. You know, poor guy. Oh, he doesn't get? even know what the next game is. Oh man! <laughs> Can you imagine him like just oh, going out in town with the Scouser's accent, Scouser accent all around? Fuck hell, mate! What's going on? <laughs> Right, so we'll we'll wrap it up by bringing back uh, sort of a bit more of a Premier League flavour to the discussion. So, um, so far the mantra in the first opening uh, game weeks has been from the referees, let the game flow. So, I think one of the more frustrating watching experiences when you you know when you're watching a match on a telly or even when you're in the when you're in the ground, especially actually, is whenever there's like those soft fouls always given. So a player senses he's about to lose possession, puts his uh, back or butt in the way of the player, just trips down, gets a foul, and, and you know they, they can escape the danger that might have happened if he got dispossessed. Uh, over the weekend, we saw that Southampton's opening goal involved the challenge on Bruno Fernandes where he, he threw himself to the deck and uh, referee waved play on, just like they've been doing so far in all the games. Southampton benefit by scoring a goal. We've had Jurgen Klopp and Ole Gunnar Solskjaer come out in the interviews and uh, you know say that they're against this uh, for a couple of reasons. I mean, Klopp was saying especially like he felt like he was comparing the Burnley play style to wrestling and he's saying that by letting the play go, you're just encouraging the you know those players to get more confidence that the challenge that they're going to make won't be punished, so they could like see if she damaged someone. So Ali, I want I want to speak to you on this one. Like, you know, is this reaction just from the managers a, a little bit? Oh, you know, they want to protect their players. They want their players to be cuddled again, or you, you know, or, or is it the wrong move to let these challenges go so far? With football teams which don't have the quality which they have, they they have to try something different. You know, they're not gonna they're not gonna have the most beautiful football player. Not gonna have. You know, people possession football or whatnot. So they'll they'll have to put these niggly fouls in. They've mm. they've got to like you know the typical Arnie Carroll thing is you be as physical as he can. You know when he's leaping in the air. You know use advantage of your strength for your height. You know you need to do what you can to win the game. Yeah, that's what I truly believe. And watching that Liverpool Burnley game, there's a few decisions which I thought uh, should have went against Liverpool. Like it was like a foul on Ashley Barnes and Simicast kind of kicked him in the face, mm. but and that wasn't given. So he's been a bit of a hypocrite, isn't he? Yeah, because uh, he'd only, he'd only yeah, remember I, I, the ones I, I, I don't Burnley, like so. that. Like, yeah. I'm a Liverpool fan and I love Jurgen Klopp so much, right? But I, I don't like it when he does that. I really don't. Yeah. And with Bruno, he's just... He's, whenever, whenever he doesn't do well, he whinges, he bitches. You know, he doesn't do anything. But what, I mean, What else can I say? Yeah, we're talking about like from a watching experience, Dowd. So are, are you a fan of the Let the Game Flow mantra? As long as it's consistent, then I'm fine with it. Because there's too many inconsistencies... There's definitely, like you were saying, Andy Carroll, yeah. There's definitely, a before the season, there was certain players, you would have an expectation of some leeway with their physicality. And 
I felt like certain players, they were just like um, a feather. They were just so fragile. They were like, um, you know, a teacup, uh, uh, like a, a China teacup. Even if they got touched a little bit, they would provoke a reaction, get a pen, get a free kick. They, they knew what they were doing. Yeah. Harry Kane is going to be caught out so badly for this because his, his standard uh, way of holding the ball up is pushing his arse out and then getting absolutely smacked in the backside and him falling over. And he used to get so many free kicks. He used to get so many um, like uh, ways to stop the opposition advancing forward. Now he's going to get called out because he can't do that anymore. I now like that's more Jack Grealish than Kane, to be honest. Yeah, Jack, and Jack yeah, Grealish, I both of them to an extent. Yeah, yeah. yeah but no, Harry Kane I agree, was, yeah. you know, too. especially over the last couple of years, it's synonymous with him. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I can, I can, I can see it replay every single one in my head, even the ones that he did for England. Now, if the, there's consistency with that, then 100 percent, yeah, let's go for it. I'm, yeah. I'm glad. But in terms of like, I, I think Sky Sports had a ref come out saying. Even though you you win the ball, there's still a chance it could still be a foul. Where where you know where is the line uh, with that? And yeah, if anything, it it's asks, a contact sport it, at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, it, it adds yeah. more questions uh, to me because the, the 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 threshold for someone might be different for another person. And obviously, yeah. clearly, for the managers are they're thinking probably more towards injuries than anything. Well, I personally think I don't well, think, I don't it's think it's interesting that. about injuries and and, and dangerous fouls because like uh, I'll ask this one to you, Kudama. So. One of the arguments against this is saying that, you know, the more you encourage this, you know, someone could get hurt or at least the serious foul play fouls, you know, they, they won't be punished. But we saw last night, Ayose Perez got sent off for Leicester for, it, it was a dangerous foul, but it was absolutely not intentional. So you, you sort of had an element where you felt a bit sorry for him because he all he meant to do was he, he was stumbling, he was off balance, he got pushed. He could have fell down and tried to win a foul, actually, ironically, we're talking about that. In the end, he tried to protect the ball try to plant his foot away so that he can shield the ball and ended up stamping on the uh, the West Ham player. So the the serious foul play fouls are still going to get red cards, aren't they? Even in a situation where Ayose didn't exactly mean it as well. Yeah, I think this is in a situation where any change is just seen as bad straight away by by the managers who who's who are typically going to be receiving those fouls if you're playing a more possession-based football. Like Ali said, these teams have to fight back somehow. And then like they probably factor that in when they setting up the teams they know okay if we win a foul here tactical foul there whatever I think I agree that would hit the nail on the head man as long as it's consistent you know you know yeah. let it flow as Elsa yeah. would say from Frozen man. the let other question would that be <laughs> would be if that same foul like the Bruno Fernandes foul was in a penalty box would have been given yeah, well, I mean, we've seen, you know mean? the threshold like, just goes far below. Joe. It's like any touch last season, any touch in the bloody box. Yeah, it's a penalty. Yeah, yeah I mean, any touch. The Chelsea, uh, the Newcastle uh, game against West Ham at the start of the season. You know, why was that a foul? If we're talking about let it flow, that was barely anything. I mean, consistency, right? Is it's a myth, man. It doesn't exist in the Premier League. So yeah, but I, I for one, I'm very happy that they're doing but it because if they're gonna do I, it as a general rule. To be honest with you, yeah, generally yeah, as a casual supporter, yeah, I am as well. Even like if I, it's like three I, times out of five instead of like one time out of five where they let the game flow. Now that's good enough for me. Yeah, because be I just think that it's uh, when players used to just go on the ground to get themselves out of a situation where it wasn't favourable for them. That really used there's to annoy no me. There's no footballing. So. Yeah, there's no yeah. footballing in that. There's at least there's some form of like uh, element of luck, chance, or even like hard work actually paying off. With yeah. like someone badgering you so much, and the refs will be like, "Oh, it's a foul now, mate." Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And also, if it's gonna be like, you know, let the game flow, I feel like, you know, yeah, you were saying about injuries and stuff. I feel like that'll probably happen less. To be honest, I don't feel like players will be going in harder. I feel like it'll probably deter them more because no, they think if I go in too hard and it's like, 
but what I'm trying it sounds counterintuitive but if the player thinks like you know if I go in too too hard here it's going to be punished even more severely mm. like because the softer fouls are being let go whereas yeah so you should try and prod him instead yeah, yeah exactly and try and get it that way but I think we'll only only time will tell to be honest I mean it's a good change for now though at least they're trying something right yeah, yeah. yeah that's for sure well, I think that that about does it for this week, lads. Um, hopefully next week. I think we've got quite a few big fixtures coming up. There's some derbies. And I know that we promised you guys that we were going to discuss, uh, you know, the most impressive individual season in the league. And that is still going to come. Uh, we just didn't find space for it this week. But uh, thanks as always, lads. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank, thank you, you very much. Take care. Adios.